This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the January 3rd, 2023 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. Fox News has an article that the immigration court backlog has risen from about one and a quarter million in 2020 to just over two million now. That's the backlog. Wages are up as companies compete to keep workers. And one thing I've read is that the Federal Reserve will keep interest rates up until they tamp down wage inflation. Ruminate on that. Tesla car deliveries were up 40% year over year with over 1.3 million delivered in 2022. Russia had an ammo dump co-located with a temporary barracks. Ukrainian forces attacked the site, and Russia admits that 63 soldiers were killed. Folks inside Russia are angry at the commanders. FYI, the attack was accomplished with U.S.-supplied HIMARS launchers, high-mobility rock, artillery rocket system. They look like rocket launchers on a truck that fire precision-guided missiles. Reports of Chinese crematoriums being overloaded likely due to COVID deaths. Early times on this one, but a quick read of a Wall Street Journal article suggests that all our vaccine boosting may be helping the virus to evolve into new variants that are not as affected by the vaccine. Just when I thought I was virtuous for being pro-vaccine and getting boosted. Moving on. Here is the lead MSNBC headline. Why George Santos's lies make him stand out in a party full of deception. George Santos is the Republican New York congressman who appears to have taken exaggerating your resume to an art form. Note, MSNBC says party, Republicans. Not his lies make him stand out in Washington, D.C., which is full of deception, or political parties. Gosh, how hard would we have to look at Democrats to find a few liar, liar, pants on fire politicians? Clinton, Clinton, Biden, Kamala Harris, Pelosi, Adam Schiff, the sitting senator who said he served in Vietnam when he served during Vietnam, the impeachment team that said Trump was a white supremacist because he said there were good people on both sides at Charlottesville, while leaving out the next line where Trump said, now I'm not talking about those white supremacists who are awful, totally awful. Today, we may see who the next Speaker of the House will be. That is a problem with a narrowly divided House. A few members can muck things up. I'm sure they feel that they are being principled and are acting for the greater good. Democrats could vote McCarthy over the top, and they might eventually do that. Or McCarthy might drop out for a compromise candidate. My guess is this will go on for a few days. In fact, in my opinion, McCarthy should make some concessions, which he has, and then hold fast, even if the House has multiple, multiple votes. And in my crystal ball, I could see Jim Jordan playing a pivotal role supporting McCarthy. In return, Jim Jordan will lead a committee investigating the government attacking Republicans. I'll buy popcorn for that. This will play out in the media and will look bad. But remember, watching sausage being made is an ugly, disgusting thing. But we still eat sausage. Oh, I was reminded that retiring Congressman Fred Upton might be a compromise candidate for Speaker. I know Fred a bit. A tiny bit. I like him. But a non-congressman in that role in a tightly divided house as a compromise candidate would be a disaster. 
I have commented a few times on the writings of Jonathan Haidt, who just seems like a great guy, academic, with a strong foundation in psychological research. I've linked to a Wall Street Journal article on him by Tunku Varadarajan, titled Jonathan Haidt on the National Crisis of Gen Z. The author quotes Haidt as saying, quote, When you look at Americans born after 1995, what you find is that they have extraordinarily high rates of anxiety, depression, self-harm, suicide, and fragility, end quote. The author further quotes him as saying there has, quote, never been a generation this depressed, anxious, and fragile, end quote. That's a pretty damning statement. There was the Great Depression, World War II, the draft for Vietnam War, and my generation was raised without a TV remote. Those were tough times. I use the word damning, but note that there was no direction to that statement. Is it damning of the generation or to those who raised the generation? I'm inclined towards the latter. The author also references a book by Haight and Greg Lukianoff from 2018 that I read a few years ago. Quote, the coddling of the American mind, how good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. Mr. Haight lays the blame at social media and per the author, quote, a culture that emphasizes victimhood, end quote. In the back of my mind, I recall a documentary trailer I saw after I think the Ferguson riots by a black academic, a conservative black academic. And getting at some of the root causes, I guess, for a lack of upward mobility in the black community, he laid the blame at a lack of agency, as a feeling that the black youth did not con feel control of their life, and that the feeling was fostered by a government that said, we will take care of you, admittedly in a minimalistic way. I'm in my 60s, so I can now say, I remember when. And I literally remember from the age of five being told when I graduated high school that I would have to move out of the house and take care of myself unless I was actively pursuing a college degree. Don't get me wrong, we had it good in a lot of ways, but it was clear that I had to provide for my life. And the second, don't get me wrong, I did not have a plan, but I knew that was on me. What a gift my parents gave me. Getting back to Mr. Haight. I think an emphasis on victimhood and a lack of agency are quite similar. Mr. Haight makes the argument that in the prior group of kids, they would use technology to figure out when to get together, to talk, to meet. Now, particularly for girls, the interaction is online and not live. At least boys engage in video games and talk to each other while they compete. Girls seem to post pictures and crave feedback. Who would have thought the selfie era might end badly? There are a lot of nuggets in this article. Haight says that Gen Z feel unsafe on college campuses that he says are, quote, the safest, most welcoming, most inclusive, most anti-racist places on the planet, end quote. He feels in the workplace they are not as innovative, risk-taking, and may, quote, undermine capitalism, end quote. A majority of liberal women between 18 and 29 said yes when asked if a healthcare person had told them that they have a mental condition. But does that say they have a mental condition or there is currency in being a victim and presenting to the healthcare person in a way to get that currency? 
This whole victimhood thing seems to be an American phenomenon, and he suggests our future may partly depend on immigration, immigrating youth not affected. Managers say it is hard to supervise and give feedback to Gen Z. And if corporations fear negative comments on Twitter, then they may run their companies badly. The author quotes Haight as saying he's, quote, seen a lot of this beginning in American universities in 2015. They all got stupid in the same way. They all implemented policies that backfire, end quote. And what can be done? He suggests no internet social media until a kid is 16. And he says a lot of kids he talked to would like that if all did it. They want to get out and play. I wonder if part of the issue is we overemphasized stranger danger and overly protected our kids. Let them run wild. Yes, we will lose a few, but the rest will be healthier. Yeah, I got carried away on that last comment. I would be curious for a statistician to compare the danger of a child riding in the front seat of the car, horrors, to the increased suicide risk of that same child from the activities described by Mr. Haight. My guess is the kid in the front seat would be safer if he did not get a, self, a smartphone until he was older. Maybe a flip phone early where you would have to hit the key three times to make a C. That was work. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.